0: You are listening to an RPA Production, where people gather. Ladies and gentlemen, RPA is proud to present... Aaron's Horror Show with Aaron Frail. This is Jason Witter, author, illustrator of Tiniest Vampire and Monsters Eating Ice Cream and you are listening to Aaron's Horror Show. Welcome to Aaron's Horror Show Season 2, where we talk about some movies and read some fiction. If you want to go ahead and get a hold of the show, you can always contact me at Aaron's Horror Show on Facebook, or Aaron Horror Show on Twitter, or Aaron's Horror Show at gmail.com. Thank you for listening, and enjoy the show. Welcome to Aaron's Horror Show, and I'm your host, Aaron Frail. All right, uh... I'm just going to go ahead and get right to it. I'm going to go ahead and uh, read some uh, Christmas Elf for you. <laughs> I know it's uh, March and uh, I'm reading Christmas Elf. Well, I <laughs> kind of intended to finish this sooner considering I, you know, had some uh, damage to my leg here. I'm I'm still recovering, but, you know, I figure it's some time for me to, you know, get some reading in here and uh, just to catch you up. So case you kind of forgot all about the story. Uh, Basically, Jing, he's an elf for Santa. He waterboards greedy toy executives and uh, generally is sort of the elite Santa's uh, helper. And uh, he finds out that there's a lot of uh, betrayal going on in the Christmas realm. He finds out that elves are taking children to have them... Uh, work in the factories and, and, and all the children on the naughty list are basically uh, slaves to uh, the uh, Christmas uh, <laughs> toy manufacturing business and, you know, he has these two kids uh, that that he's uh, attempting to save and uh, he uh, you know, gets split up with them he finds out that actually Santa is involved, uh, so is kind of betrayed by Santa there and uh, this chapter kind of starts with him going to Antarctica to get them back. You think uh, Krampus is uh, the one behind it all, but uh, you find out Krampus is in a cell. So uh, yeah, uh, anyways, uh, that's kind of where it starts off, and I will just go ahead and uh, get right to it then. Jingle bells, Batman smells, Robin laid an egg. Jing stood on the bow of a ship as the frigid waves crashed against the hull. He was wearing human clothes, a blue cap with his ears stuffed inside. The tablet he had snuck on board the sleigh met its end in Antarctica. The GPS signal it had been emitting disappeared from the Find My Tablet app he had been using. Whether it was Drained Battery or Glitter and Company finding it, Jing would never know. he would glean soon enough. If they had discovered the device on the sleigh, they'd know he was coming. If he ran out of batteries, he might be safe. The boat rose high towards the sky and slid back down again on the other side of the wave. The captain of the vessel had strongly suggested that Jing wait in the hold down below while they navigated the choppy waters. However, the elf had a sturdy pair of sea legs. The rides to the research station near the North Pole were just as hazardous, and he enjoyed the cold air on his face. He was lucky that it was a summer month in the Southern Hemisphere, or there wouldn't be any crafts headed to Antarctica in the time frame he wanted. He had already had stowed away luggage compartment of an airplane bound for Argentina. Then, after a couple thefts of, from tourists later, he had gotten on a southbound bus, a few days after that, a boat ride to another continent. The journey had taken a better part of a week. Christmas was close and he was worried what Krampus could be doing with the children. He was sure the demon was involved somehow. Santa had used Jing to bust up the child labor rings all over the world. He wasn't sure how Krampus got to Santa, but there was something that motivated Father Christmas to betray Jing, perhaps even blackmail. The wayward SCF was sure of it. Eventually he decided to go down to the ship and chat with the other researchers. They were all scientists from various countries who were stationed in the southernmost part of the world. He asked around and attempted to get as much information as he could from what he might find. However, he didn't get much. Most humans didn't know that there were elves, much less that there were ones that lived in the South Pole. If it was anything like the North Pole, then he wasn't surprised. The North Pole was about as remote as a city could get. Also, it was cloaked by the same technology that obfuscated Santa's sleigh from prying tech. The occasional flying reindeer sighting was good for Santa in the days before radar. However, once militaries had anti-aircraft missiles or any number of things that could give Saint Nick a bad day, he elected to cloak the sleighs in the cities. Now, the only two spots on the planet cold enough for elves became legend to most humans. Only people who knew how to get there knew about the real truth. The people on the vessel met him with blank stares when he asked if they had known about any of the research stations not listed on the map. However, that didn't prevent him from piecing together clues about where they might be located. Most human buildings were near the coast, and very few were inland. He also could ignore the areas where humans would be able to see the glow of the lights at night. That left a lot of the interior to search for hidden cities of elves. His pointy-eared cousins were hardly creatures who evolved in arctic climates. They didn't need any special clothes to survive, which is why they did not have big jackets like Santa. Elves also could eat snow for water and could go a long way with minimal caloric intake. It was only the coldest conditions where he would need to bundle up or light a fire. However, it was summer in the Southern Hemisphere and the temperatures should be fine for sleeping under the stars at night. The only thing left was to acquire transportation. He needed to get a snowmobile or something because he had to cover a lot of ground if he had any hope of finding the place. He was about to turn in for the night when he caught a glimpse of one of the passengers in his cabin. It was the HR director they had captured when he had freed those kids from the warehouse. The giant goon was not a free man... But he's talking to Glitter on the tablet. She was briefing him on his new position. The giant must have noticed Jing was lingering and turned around. Jing walked forward with his eyes turned downward. The man slammed his door shut. Jing darted back towards the cabin. Later, the ship was at dock of a large international research station when the HR director got off the boat. Jing was in stealth mode and scrambled his way down the pier, following the goon to shore. Most of the other scientists were busy helping unload the crates of resupply, so they didn't notice anything was amiss. The large man tightened his coat and oversized backpack and walked towards the hills not too far from the settlement. Jing darted between buildings, and once the man put on his snowshoes and hit the open snow, he waited. After the HR director rounded to the other side of the hill, Jing sprinted from the research facility at top speed. Elves were light and quick on the snow compared to humans who had to wear special shoes just to walk. He hit the mound in no time and scrambled up to the top. On the other side, there was a group of his brethren packing the man's stuff into a sleigh. Jing pulled some wrapping paper from his pouch. It wasn't anything spy-related, just a roll he kept in handy in case he found a gift for Stephen during his travels. He ripped a large piece enough for him to sit on top of it. By the time he was finished with his makeshift sled people down below were climbing into their transportation jing got a running start and jumped on the gift paper he whipped down the hill at record speed the reindeer tugged the craft into the sky jing leaped and grabbed onto the luggage compartment in the rear he pulled himself up and rolled into the cargo bay an elf peered from the seat over the edge of the vessel he couldn't see anything wrong so he leaned back Jing hunkered down and waited. Later, as soon as the sleigh had landed, Jing climbed from the storage compartment to the underside of the vessel. He could see the feet of elves and the human walking around the craft. Once they had retrieved the luggage and disappeared, the wayward S.E.F. poked his head from his hiding spot. He was in a hangar. There were reindeer stalls and several sleighs parked in rows. A mechanic was walking towards him with some tools. Jing didn't give the elf a chance to speak. He punched the guy and knocked him out. I'm sorry, Jing said, and took the mechanic's overalls and bound the guy with tinsel. Once he was decked out with new clothes, he shoved the elf in the trunk of one of the vehicles. He left the hangar and went deeper into the complex. Unlike the picturesque Christmas village of the North Pole, the South Pole was a drab concrete complex. Jing noticed as he walked through the hall that elves lived in bunks, and the businesses, like the barber and the chocolate chair... Were on the other side of doors in a long gray hallway. The entire building was inside a big gray drab building. Elves went about their daily tasks. There were large gathering spaces where the residents ate. There were movie theaters, shops, and even a place for racquetball. An elf favorite, because it could be played in snow or shine. Jing was amazed that the elves in the south couldn't see the light of the stars, of the Aurora Australis. He noticed that many of the elves were wearing a uniform that resembled a prison guard. After some time wandering through the indoor city, he finally came upon a door at the end of a lonely hallway marked Factory Floor. He put his hand on the door and the guard yelled, ''Hey, you can't go in there!'' Jing slipped his fingers into his pouch. Later, Jing shoved the unconscious and stripped to his underwear guard into a locker, That was near the door he had discovered. He pushed his way into the factory as if he belonged. A group of guards gossiping on the other side didn't take notice of him. The place looked abandoned. There were rooms of machines collecting dust. When he got further inside, he could hear the cries of children. He came to a place that was chaotic with activity. There were rows and rows of children assembling video game consoles. Three of the elves were crowded around a child quaking on the floor. I don't care if you're tired, the elf yelled. You get back to work. Guard raised his candy cane machine gun into the air like a club, but couldn't bring it down again because Jing had gripped the barrel. Jing yanked the weapon from the guy's hand. He used it as a bludgeoning weapon to knock the other two in short succession. He kicked the disarmed elf to the ground and held a barrel to his opponent's head. By now, the children stopped working and were watching in stunned silence. Jing knelt down to the remaining elf and said, Tell me, you have seen a little boy and a little girl come through here. I know that's kind of a silly question, considering, but he's about yea high. Bit of an attitude problem, but a good heart. His sister is the sweetest little girl you ever met. She is always looking out for others. Uh, intakes go through processing, the elf sputtered. "'It's a shame,' Jing said and was about to squeeze the trigger. "'Wait, wait,' the elf said. "'The the action figure line needed some more workers. "'They probably got a sign there. "'Thanks,' Jing said and whacked the elf with the butt of his gun. "'He headed for the door when a small child tugged on his sleeve. "'Wait, mister,' the kid said. "'What do we do?' "'Jing looked around at the sea of scared faces. "'He turned back to the elf and grabbed another gun. "'Don't worry, kid.' You're free. Now get out of here. Jing kicked open the factory floor door with guns in both hands. There were at least two dozen guards in the hallway. The one he had taken out earlier stood in his boxers. He screamed and pointed, He's the one! That one! They didn't even get a chance to react. Jing unloaded both his guns. His adversaries scrambled to pull out their armaments, but were mowed down by blazing twin guns in a sea of blood and peppermint. Bullets whizzed by Jing's head and another group came running down the hall in the other direction. He whirled around and sprayed what was left of his ammo into the oncoming elves and they fell to the ground. The candy cane guns clicked after a few seconds. The clip was empty. He pulled out the ammo belt from the one of the downed elves and loaded new cartridges. He went deeper in the complex and came to a room of girls. Inflating various sports balls the guards in charge of the room barely had time to draw their weapons The girls chaired their captors as they dropped under jing's fire There was another room where they were molding plastic dinosaurs and army figures jing took out the guards and freed the children In between each area fought off wave after wave of elves once the word had spread the children began fighting back In a room where a bunch of boys were assembling dollhouses, they smashed a baseboard on their kidnapper's head and overwhelmed the others by flinging their parts. In a place where a group of girls was putting together a large toy truck, they knocked the elf into a machine that gobbled them up. A third group of kids pelted their captor's skateboard parts. Jing fought his way through the horde, taking out elves and freeing the kids every step of the way. Amelia felt dizzy. She pulled the lever for the hundredth time that day, and Batman's heads rolled into the assembly line. Not only was it boring, but it was was exhausting work. Their arm was heavy and hard to pull. The chemical smell of freshly molded plastic was also getting to her. She didn't know how much more she could take. A couple of elves burst into the room. She recognized them at once. They were the ones who snatched her brother from the marketplace, glitter and kolachki. Glitter stared at the guard and held out a picture of the female i pointed to towards Amelia. The pair made their way over. Amelia ducked under one of the machines just as Kalashie lumbered over and attempted to swipe her up. She shimmered her way through the other side. Even though she felt she was going to pass out earlier, she had a renewed sense of energy. Glitter rounded the corner and the girl ran the other way. There was another conveyor belt full of Robin figures. She crawled underneath it to the other side, where Kolachki surprised her. He grabbed her by the hand, and she snatched up one of the fingers as he lifted her from the ground. She thrust the toy into his eye, and he dropped her. He stumbled back, butt first in a box full of Robin figures. By now, other children were getting into the action and were throwing jokers at the guards. Amelia giggled and ran for the door, but Glitter cut her off and yanked her by the arm. This time, there are no toys nearby to use as makeshift weapons. Kalachki joined and picked a robin from his butt. Glitter nodded, and they dragged Amelia from the room, leaving the chaos behind. The girl dug her heels into the ground it made it difficult for them to walk. Kalachki picked her up by her midsection, and the kid futilely pounded her fists on his chest. The Eastern European elf pressed Candy Cane Communicator to his ear. Gulpy thet. He's broken through Sector 4G. Santa has ordered us to back to North Pole and declared Cold Boxing Day. Glitter nodded. What about my brother? Amelia yelled as he struggled. This place is rigged to blow. Cold Boxing Day means we detonate. It's built on a nice sheet. This place will go to oblivion. Elijah! No! Amelia said. You can't do that to my brother. Koloschki pressed a pressure point on her and said, You to sleep now. Amelia went unconscious. All right. <laughs> there is more left in that chapter, but I'm going to go ahead and end it there. I'm getting a little tired and, uh, yeah, no, uh, I'm still recovering. So, uh, yeah, I'll go ahead and try and get something next week for you. I'll see how that works out. And, uh, yeah, maybe I'll finish up this chapter here. There's probably about the same amount of what I just read in the, in this chapter. And uh, yeah, I'll, I'll finish up this book, but also keep those uh movie reviews coming. Uh, so I got some good stuff that I've, wa- well, maybe stuff that I've watched so you don't have to. Uh, yeah anyways uh yeah thank you so much and uh check out the other podcast on our network you know there's a lot of good stuff some movies as well not just just podcasts but videos too so yeah you gotta check it all out and uh yeah thank you so much for uh tuning in and i appreciate you all